In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, two broads. And I'm Erin, and this is episode number 39, Friendsgiving. It's around Thanksgiving, Erin. And instead of, you know, normal holidays, we're going to go Friendsgiving. Friends. Chosen family. Yes. Versus maybe family of blood. Yes. The family that you were born from. Correct. Yes. Yes. So that's what we're thinking of. Yeah, we're thinking about... People that maybe you want to put in your family. Yeah. Friends that you consider family because yeah. they're so great. I was going to say, if we were going to say people we want to put in our family, that would be like people I don't even know. Yeah, you that's know? true. Like, we, yeah, we that would open it, it up. Friends yeah. Space- that okay, that's a good, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Because then I got a list. I right. want to bring Jamila Jamil in. Oh, I yeah. I want to bring um, Kristen Bell in. Yes. I want to bring Keith Morrison in. He should come to our Friendsgiving. He should be at Friendsgiving. He would like it. He would be a great addition. Can you imagine what dish he would bring with Friendsgiving? <laughs> Oh my god! And he would have like a recipe card that would be yes. like, and little did they know no, that I, I was going to add it. Sage, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the trouble started. They couldn't agree. Adding the sage <laughs> on whether it was sage it's or onions. it all went wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be glorious. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about this week. Yes, it's holiday time, and we're talking about the family that we choose. Yes. So we're gonna talk a little bit about families, a little bit about friends here. Yes. So. I have a really, really, really hard-hitting question for you. If you found out that you were conceived through in vitro fertilization. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That's where I went. Okay. And it was a donor who also fathered other children. Hmm. Would you want to meet those siblings? I would because I got some weird stuff from my father. So I want to see like what other genetic material people could work with and still have some of my genes. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I got real spindly um, fingers and toes from my dad. (laughs) You can't see, but she's (laughs) flashing her spindles at me right now. Just my toes are basically the size of half of my feet. Okay. So without my toes, I would have like a size five shoe, but I have a size 11. So, oh, (laughs) all right. Given like six shoe sizes of toes. Okay. So <laughs> these are the qualities I got from my father. I'd be interested to see what other people get from their fathers. They're oh, still related to me. Okay. You know what I'm More like a social experiment. Well, a social experiment for okay. sure. Interesting. And also compare feet. So really just about the feet. Okay. All right. Circling back, it's really just about the shoe size. That's fair. Yeah. I'm obsessed. Okay. Listen, I had a size like 10 or 11 when I was in junior high. I was very embarrassed about it. That is After big. a while, I just I stopped caring. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. I'm just curious. I can understand. What other weird stuff do you guys got? Right. I need yeah. to know. Yeah. Did I get the luck at the draw right. or the short stick on this yeah. one? Yeah. 
So that's why I would do it. Okay. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Aaron, I got a question for you. Oh, gosh. Uh-huh. About families. Uh-huh. DNA. Ooh. If you, or are you, interested mm-hmm. in those genealogy DNA tests that can give you your entire lineage? No. <laughs> <laughs> I have two really strong reasons okay, why. Okay, Absolutely not. So right. if if you're out there wanting a Christmas idea for me, don't give me one of those boxes. Mm, interesting. No. Why not? One, I tend to I tend to to give a little bit of credence to conspiracy theories, ah. and I really just think it's a government attempt to get all of our DNA into a database. I mean, it's it sounds like the easiest way, right? Yeah. Second, I don't need that kind of pressure. All your commercials are like, I'm the great, 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 great niece of George Washington. I, okay. what? I don't need to know that because I don't need to feel like I need to be doing something bigger than yeah. I am. Yeah. I don't need to know that Abraham Lincoln was my uncle and now I feel compelled to, you know, do bigger and better things with my life. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. need that kind of pressure. No, you don't need that pressure. No. Yeah. Or... For me, let's be honest, it would probably go the other way. And I'd find out that I'm like my great, great uncle's Charles Manson. I'd be like, what do I do oh! with that? What do I do with that? Well, you turn it into a dateline is what you do. Yeah, we you're get right. We get you introduced to Keith Morrison. If there was a way you could guarantee me that my, my lineage somehow got connected to Keith Morrison, <laughs> I'm in. But other than that, I'm no one else. No one else you want to be related no, to. Okay. No. And also, I kind of have a bad taste in my mouth because every time one of those commercials comes on and one of the people's like, I'm related to George Washington, Mike always goes, no, you're not. <laughs> he gets so angry, like irrationally angry about it. I'm like, why is he angry about he's it? Just, he just, they think it's VS. Like they could just write down anything. So he well, just, he doesn't buy it at all. Every time that happens, he's like, no, it's not true. I'm like, these aren't. First of all, these are actors. These are actors, yes. Second so of definitely all, not true. No one way. can hear you no. outside of our house. No. So, wow. Mm-hmm. So don't get Mike feelings. one either. No, no, okay. Mike would never do it. No. Nope. Speaking of families and yes. finding out more about your family, yes. Do you remember a time when someone else's family made you glad that your family was yours? Yes. Oh, I grew up on a very interesting street. Um. <laughs> There, first off, there was the family of drug dealers mm. that th- they tried to burn their house down multiple times and never quite took. Okay. Like so, an insurance fraud situation? Yeah, I think just, so. I think so. Okay. I think so. Meanwhile, my father, who's an undercover narcotics officer, is just watching all the cars piling in and out of the house. And he's like, oh, great. So anyway, there's that. There was the house next to them that everyone wore sort of a uniform and they had long braids down their back. So it was very culty, like homeschool type thing. So I'm like, well, what? the girls there don't wear jeans. So I definitely don't want to be part of that family. Then there was a the family at the end of the street. <laughs> and the uh, patriarch mm. of this family, okay. they named him Buffalo Bill. And <laughs> he had like a, a ZZ Top type beard situation going mm-hmm. on. Wore uh, cowboy hats and cowboy gear. Um, the the rest of the family, I don't really recall much just because he was such an interesting right. fellow. He was a truck driver. Um, whenever I went into their house, because they had a girl around my age, there were clothes strewn everywhere. And then one time I hung out with them and they took me to the wake of a person I didn't know. And so that was my first dead body that I saw. Yeah. So these were three examples of families that made me quite glad to be part of my own weird family. I have so many follow-up <laughs> questions. So many. I threw a lot at you there. Right yeah, there. yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. I want to go back to the cult thing okay, for a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Drug dealer, I'm not... I, that. Okay. Yeah, we moved on to the cult. Yeah. They were really wearing uniforms. They were. Like the girls... All like they all had hair down to their butt in braids. They all wore like prairie type dresses. What? Yeah, there were. I think there were like two daughters and then a mom and a dad, and they all wore the same. They the kids like barely came out of the house. They were all oh, homeschooled. My gosh. Yeah, I would have been petrified. Uh, my main thing as a kid was just like they have to wear dresses all the time. I hated dresses. Oh yeah, yeah. I can understand that. Mm-hmm. It was a symbol of everything terrible. Exactly. And then my next follow-up question. Yes. At what point did you realize that you were, in fact, either going to awake and or at awake? Was um, there trickery involved in getting you there? <laughs> it's a great question. Mm-hmm. And I blocked all that out, oh, except okay. for the fact that I think they said we were going on a pit stop on the way to wherever we were going. Maybe we were going to a pool. Maybe we were going to somewhere. But they wanted to stop off at awake. 
So we stopped off at a wake. They never told us what was going on until I was right in front of the casket. And there's the dead body. And I'm like, I don't know this person or anyone here. And then, yeah, I was like nine or ten. Did you ever tell your parents? Oh, yeah. I called them there because I was like, I need to get out of this situation. And I don't know. Like, I can't find them. I don't know where I am. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Were they... Down. I wasn't friends with them anymore after that. After that, that was the end. That was the end of the friendship. That's, That's what I was getting end. to, but I yeah. didn't know. No, I think my parents were like, what in the actual F? You know, like they... You yeah. can't do that. Again, all to help me realize as messed up as my family can be, as all families can be, they were pretty great. This sounds like a vault I want to climb through at yeah. some point. Yeah. This is... I've tried writing about it, actually, and there's just a point at which I'm like, what? is this what happened to me yes i can't even get past that yeah. i'm just impressed that amy at nine or ten had the good sense to call home and be like you got to get me out of this place i think because i got lost from them like they just took off <sighs> they were somewhere maybe talking to the you know widow or whatever Lover, yeah. And, yeah was there any good food there not that i recall dang it yeah i was mostly just overcome with the feeling of death because it was a, there was a dead body there well yeah that i didn't know which it's, yep. it's alarming even when you know, but yeah. wow. So all that to say, good job, mom and dad. Yeah. You rescued me from that situation. Kudos to them. Yeah. So Aaron, mm -hmm. maybe a little lighter fare yeah. here. We should probably veer back into that because yeah, yeah. I'm petrified. <laughs> Think about the seven dwarves. Mm -hmm. If you had to have one of the seven dwarves as your child, who would you pick? <laughs> it's a toss up between two. <laughs> So uh, my first instinct was to say bashful because he never talks, mm, which seems mm -hmm, glorious. Mm -hmm. So just a child that just is, won't talk. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a part of me that could really get on board with that. The, uh, but really, I think what I would come down to is Doc because he's smart. He's self-sufficient. Oh, yeah. He's always doing stuff that's beneficial. Yeah. So that'd be great. Like a little Doc running around. Like, sure. He's probably helping you with chores. Yeah. He's yeah. probably got a That cut list doesn't of... look good. Let me put a Band-Aid yeah. on it. Thanks, Doc. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not how you make a good stew. Let, let me do that. <laughs> Perfect, Doc. Thanks. And I think I could deal with the fact that I have a small child that has a beard. Yeah. A full beard. White beard. It makes good sense. Mm -hmm. That only goes up to my knee. So thinking of your current children, mm -hmm. who is Mason most like among the seven dwarves? I, there's a strong grumpy vibe sometimes. Sure, sure. Strong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Not Doc, because he doesn't have a beard. No, he doesn't and have a beard. he's not very useful in that way. No, not that no, way. No, no, not only for his own sure. nefarious needs. Yeah. Yeah. So hmm. he might embody Bashful a little bit in the sense that when he's trying to get away with something, he's not going to be upfront about it. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Sneaky. That needs to be a new dwarf. That's uh -huh. Mason. And I will say, and let me explain this fully. I'm okay. going to say Dopey, not because of the intelligence <laughs> factor, but if you remember Dopey in Snow White, he would use his charms. Like he'd be all smiley yes. and stuff. And she really liked oh. him for that. And that we have strongly entered that phase with yeah, Mason yeah. where yeah. he'll wink at me if he's trying to get away with something. Oh, uh huh. Oh. Uh huh. Huh. He hasn't yeah. quite put together. He needs to wink to someone else uh -huh. that he's trying to pull something over on you. Right. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, he's got room to grow then. Yeah, room yep. to grow. Yeah. So really, maybe embodies all of the seven dwarves, <laughs> which is why I'm tired. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Okay. But that's a lot about, you know. Our real families. Our real families. Let's talk about chosen families. Chosen families. Yeah. So guess what? Fiction what? pick. Mm. My pick mm -hmm. is called The Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter. By Theodora Goss from 2017. Ooh. So, okay. So think about like some of the, the key books that we read in English class, right? Mm -hmm. There's uh, a lot of like uh, 19th century books. There's a mad scientist in a lot of them. There's Dr. Frankenstein. There's Dr. Moreau. There's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. A lot of those dudes. So Theodora Goss, the author. She was working on a PhD because she is a super smarty pants. Sure. And she was focusing on 19th century fiction like this, gothic fiction. Okay. The, the books that feature like mad scientists and monsters. And she said, quote, I started wondering about the female figures in the mad scientist stories. I was fascinated by the fact that the women in these stories rarely get to speak. I wanted to hear their voices. Mm. So in this book, we hear from the daughters of all of these mad scientists. First, there's Mary Jekyll. Her mom just died, and her father died a while back. She's broke. She's alone. 
But then she finds herself faced with this mystery. There's this guy named Mr. Hyde that she remembers from her childhood, sort Mm. of, you know, creepy guy. So she goes to Sherlock Holmes, who is also in this book, to help solve this mystery. Interesting. He is investigating a series of murders of young women in London. So Mary throws herself into this hunt for killers and mysteries. And along the way, she finds a half-sister, Diana Hyde, from Mr. Hyde. Then she finds other women. There's Beatrice Rappaccini, who was made into a poisonous monster by her father. There's Catherine Moreau, who was a puma, a wild animal puma, turned into a woman by Dr. Moreau. I feel, I don't know if that's better or worse. No. Being a puma would be awesome. I know. Then there's Justine Frankenstein, because <laughs> Dr. Frankenstein made her after making the other dude. And that's her. What a glorious premise yes so these five women they start digging into the secret society of mad scientists a lot of them their fathers and by the end you hear of one more there's lucinda van helsing daughter of the vampire hunter also mad scientist guy so this book these women form the athena club and this is the first of three books about this athena club um I chose this because the women's blood families are kind of shit shows. Yeah. But they choose their this new family of all these young women, all these you know women created by yeah. uh, pretty bad dudes, and they come together as a family. I like, too, how the story is written. They're all – all the characters, by the time they come together, they're all broke. So they're trying to make money in various ways, and one of them, Catherine Moreau, the former Puma, starts writing, like, Pulp Fiction novels, including this one. And there's commentary throughout about, like, no, you shouldn't include this. No, you shouldn't include oh, this. That kind of stuff. Amazing. So I like it because it's super fun. It's really great premise, like yeah. you said, of all these women together. Um, it's kind of fun to, like, figure out puzzle, like, oh, okay, so if, you know, Dr. Moreau did this and Dr. Frank said, it's great that way. And I like that it's about a chosen family that's way stronger than blood family. Wow. Yeah. Have you read all three of them? I haven't read no. all three of them. Okay. I just started the second one. Yeah. And yeah, I just discovered this first one a while ago. And it was great. Was yeah. Great what fun. a great idea. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. You're welcome. Also, it gives you perspective on your own family. Right. Because, hey, as much as my dad gave me spindly fingers and toes, he didn't experiment on me. No, you're not a poisonous monster that I no. found. No. Or a puma. Because if you were a puma and you didn't tell I would have admitted it. I'm going to no. be pissed. Yeah. No, just I would have fully admitted it. And I'm not um, a Frankenstein, you know, put together from spare parts either. No. no. I sometimes feel like I'm put together from spare parts. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, this hip hurts. Is this hip mine? Yeah. I don't know about this. Oh, my God. Maybe that's why we have these aches and pains. This is the new thing. Oh, my it's God. It's everything. Well, if my dad didn't give me this Frankenstein hip, <laughs> I'd be able to walk. Gosh. I didn't get this body from Dr. Hyde. I could run a marathon. What's great, too, is the girl that is poisonous, she doesn't eat real food. She just drinks, like, weeds and water. <laughs> She doesn't get invited to a lot of dinners. She doesn't get invited to <laughs> Like, are they trying to break it to her that there's other options or that's it? That's She's a, like, nope, this is it. This, this is, is it. I love me some weeds. Also, she can't sit in a room with them for very long without the window open because she's going to kill them all with her poisonous breath. Oh, I was like, well, what is the window? Okay, that makes sense. Okay. All right. Well. Gosh, it makes me feel really bad for her. I know. Don't worry. She's beautiful. She's the prettiest of all of them. So apparently that makes it better. Okay, well, that's not symbolic I at know, all. I know. Yeah. You're going to die at the hands of beauty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Poison leaking underneath the surface. <sighs> With all those weeds and water that she's ingesting. Water? That's interesting. It's you like a weed tea or something. Yeah. Weed soup. Oh. <laughs> sounds terrible it's like soup with grass in it for some reason i went right to like <laughs> inevitably every season at some point like i'm walking outside and something flies into my mouth sure. and i'm horrified and then yeah. i refuse to go outside for like three weeks uh-huh. that's what that reminds me of for yes. some reason i just be like i i'm not on board with this i love Ooh. our new family really concerned about poisonous lady okay <laughs> she's drinking weeds we have to have the and window don't open. switch my soup with hers like yes. i want some potato soup yeah. not some grass weed soup. soup what is that <laughs> dandelions i don't know i don't know whatever weeds were present in 19th century london yeah, i would say i'd google it but i bet it won't yeah, yeah I, I don't think you will yeah. <laughs> get back to me 
me if you do, though. <laughs> I am mildly interested. <laughs> mildly interested. That's right. All right. Well, the uh, book I picked for the fiction this week for Chosen Families is called Normal People by Sally Rooney. Ooh, mm-hmm. I read this too. Oh, you did? I oh, did. good. Okay. So, Canell and uh, Marianne pretend not to know each other at school. Completely different people. He's popular, athletic, quick to make friends. She's eccentric, very smart, but terribly guarded. So, the problem is, is that Connell's mother happens to be the housekeeper for Marianne's family. And that's when we get to see them interact and realize that there's a lot more in this relationship. So basically the story is telling about their secret relationship between the two of them. So some of the dynamics you would expect just by their personalities. um, But through high school, they form this secret relationship that then sort of spills over into college and then it's an open relationship and then it's not and then it goes into adult and what I love is that this is the book goes all the way through it so you're living through all these phases of the relationship and the dynamics just keep getting more layered and more deep and more complex to the point that you almost they're so intertwined it's hard to remember where they began and that they weren't always part of each other's lives and really, the heart of it is that they are have kind of chosen each other as family. Um, Connell's family isn't necessarily as troubled as Marianne's is. She really struggles with her family. But the whole book is written basically as a series of conversations. It's um, not a lot of prose in between to get you through the plot. There's just a lot of discussion. And it's really interesting, deep, complex characters that are really driving you through that. Uh, to me, it just really felt like an ode to finding that like a lifelong friendship and whether or not they choose to be more, but just at the heart of it, they just really, really, really care and love about love each other. Mm hmm. So I felt like it's a great illustration of how important relationships outside of our family are. Even if your family life's everything you want it to be, right. the relationships outside of it are still so incredibly important to formation and ideas and learning more about ourselves. Particularly, I mean, they both go through transformations, but particularly, was that a word? <laughs> Pacifically? Is that what I said? Pacifically. It is. And I want to mark this moment as the creation of that new word. Pacifically? Yes. Connell. <laughs> As a transformation journey, also known as specifically oh, or particularly. Where, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So specific, particular mashup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly. Okay. okay, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of sounds like something you use in a corporate environment where they just make up words. Oh, willy-nilly. they just mashed them together. Yep. Ooh. If we were going to ask to speak, let's have it all be about the word specifically. <laughs> <laughs> or use it in like every sentence so that it just starts sounding like nonsense because yeah. it kind of is. But I'm picturing like a PowerPoint with like a big dynamite Ooh. explosion. And then an image of us and like a car exploding behind us. Yes. And the word over. Time. Yeah. Pontifically. Yeah. And then yeah. people are like, what does that have to do? I don't, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Commit it to memory. Yes. Pontifically. <laughs> so. What was your point with that word? I don't. Specifically, Connell. <laughs> <laughs> Completely lost the train of thought. There That's it a is. great journey. Yes. You'll love to read it. Oh. I, actually, I really can't say enough good yeah, things about no, this book. Good. I enjoyed it. It. You know, it's different. I didn't even, I was trying to think why I thought it was so different from structure. And I don't really think it is that unique. It just, it feels that way though. It feels like, because every chapter is like jumping ahead a little bit and then catches you up on what's happened. And yeah, it just, it's this sense that things are always changing and things are always, you know, yes, morphing. Yeah. Great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I truly enjoyed it. I really thought that this was um, terrifically written. Very interesting. It really keeps your attention. And it's kind of one of those that you, you can read like in an afternoon because you're, Mm -hmm. you know, you keep wanting to know what's happening. So I loved how deep it went on like, just why we do some of the stupid stuff we do, or why we put up walls or why we say the stupid stuff. Yes. When we really are just trying to say, like, I love you. I want you to be around yes. me. I want you to. Yeah. Oh, that's a yeah. great point because there's so many times that there's just miscommunication yes. between them because they're trying not to say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So they're just not really saying anything, mm-hmm. which gets misconstrued because yeah. it's not clear. Yeah. I think typically to Connell. I was going to say that's kind of my <laughs> communication style. So, you know, just say a bunch of stuff that yeah. isn't related to anything. See what sticks. Exactly. <laughs> Throw it up against a wall. Typically. But typically, that noodle stuck. <laughs> Oh, man. If nothing else, this episode introduced that word to the world. Yeah. Welcome to (laughs) Pontifically. 
And you're welcome. Welcome and you're welcome. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Thinking about, you know, people choosing each other. Yes. That kind of leads to my other genre. Okay. Pick. So I picked a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, it is called Alex Plus Ada mm-hmm. by Jonathan Luna and Sarah Vaughn. And this started in 2014. I, I think there's five issues and it's all done. It's a complete series. So you can read it all at once. Um, it's in a nice like uh, bound book, bringing it all together. So Alex is a 20-something guy, and this is set in sort of the near future. Mm -hmm. Um, They have pretty much chips in your brain where you can, like, read the internet via your eyeballs, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So he goes to work, he comes home, and that's about it. His life is pretty empty, especially after um, the... The the woman that he was with broke up with him and left him, and so now he's just kind of on his own. So in this future, along with this other technology, there are androids. And they are very strictly legislated. Um, There was an incident in the near past where androids seemed to sort of come awake and start tearing shit up. Mm. So they are now very strictly uh, um, legislated, like I said. So right now, androids, they do a lot of manual labor. But for the super wealthy, which includes Alex's grandma, um, they can get a personal android. It's a very super realistic, identical to humans. They get them for being a life partner and for sexy time. Because, hey, you got a lot of money? You're alone? Get a nice hot android. Yeah. To spend some time with. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. He's going to do what you say? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what she does. So seeing that her grandson is a little down in the dumps, she gets him an android named Ada. So <laughs> any good grandma does. Yes, any good grandma does. <laughs> oh. So at first, Alex is totally against this. Like he he's kind of creeped out by the whole notion. First of all, it was grandma having sex with her android, which she's very open and upfront about. Which oh, is great. it's okay. kind of like a grandma Jody, my grandma moment. Just very very clear about her sexual past and present. Yeah, it's all good. So Alex is kind of creeped out about it. Um, and so he immediately tries to return Ada. But in the couple days it takes for the company to pick her up, um, he starts to enjoy her company. Even though she's very compliant, she'll do anything he says. She's kind of like, he's kind of like, okay, well, she kind of feels human in that way. But he starts digging around online and he finds a secret society that removes some of the androids limiting programming. In essence, giving them self-awareness, turning them kind of human. Oh. All very deeply illegal, but Alex for some reason just feels compelled to do this. So, they go through this process and Ada becomes real. And over time, Alex and Ada fall in love and then shit goes down as it does. What I like is I love this story. It's very poignant. It's very funny. It's beautiful. And it digs into what actually makes a person Mm -hmm. and what makes a partner, like what you're looking for in someone to become your family, to be who you want to love. Um, I think for this theme, Alex chooses Ada as his family, even though his family is great, but he chooses Ada and then Ada chooses him. And no matter that they're not the same in really any way, um, and, you know, despite the laws, everything, they choose one another. Like I said, there's five issues all in one volume. It's a pretty quick read, um, but it's it's very powerful. And because it's a graphic novel, you know, we've talked in the past about art, how art becomes part of the story mm-hmm. in the graphic novel. And even just the color palette here, it's very sort of muted and so that you can see that the humans and androids look more alike than they think they do. Oh. You can see how life has just kind of become beige, for better lack of a word. It's right. just kind of blah. Okay. But when these two come together, there's a more of a vibrancy. It's very uh, oh. powerful in that way. Very cool. Yes. That sounds amazing. So, android love. Human-android interaction slash love. Get it. And sexy time for grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what they should have called it. That's what they should have called it. Sexy time for grandma. <laughs> handed down. Hey, I respect her, you know? She's, I do too. She's got you know money. What you want? She's living her life. Get it. Yeah. She's got some android yeah, she... named Jeeves, or I don't know what his name was, but if his name know. was Jeeves, that <laughs> just made everything so much better. Jeeves. Jeeves. Come here, Jeeves. 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 I need you to pacifically tell me <laughs> what we're about to do. Jeeves. <laughs> What kind of name is Jeeves? Where did that even I come don't know. from? I mean, it must have been a, a butler 
type name, right? Because like yeah. when there was Ask Jeeves, it was always a butler. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Is remember before people could just Google, you had to like there go was, to a specific place and did. say Jeeves. Yep. And people got great enjoyment out of that. Yeah. It was like the magic eight ball like of the personal, beginning of the internet. Yeah. Your personal butler. Yeah. Showing you the ways of the interwebs. Yeah. Now you can just put that stuff right into the Google sure search. Can. and get There's no Jeeves. You don't need Jeeves. Mm-mm. There's just our overlords. Our technological <laughs> overlords. <laughs> Otherwise known as Google. <laughs> All right. We're going to really take a stand with this uh, episode, I see. I don't know. I I think you're on point. I just, I mean, we might want to save that for future episodes, but you're right. I do think you want me to cut out my technological overlords. No, Google might be upset. No, I just think it's a rich topic that we can't possibly cover by just saying they're overlords. (laughs) Just throwing it out there. Hey, there are overlords and back to Friendsgiving. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. I'm right or die, so I stand by you. Great. You Thank you. I agree with Amy. They're overlords. <laughs> I don't want to hear any more about it. That's where we're at. Excellent. Okay. Good. Yeah. Well, what I picked for the nonfiction pick this week is called What My Mother and I Don't Talk About. Oh, my goodness. We were just talking about this. Yes. 15 Writers Break the Silence, edited by Michelle Philgate. So a little background on this before... Uh, explain it. Michelle Philgate wrote an essay as an undergraduate about being abused by her stepfather um, and kind of the process of writing and how she realized that really what she was struggling with was to actually write about her mom and her mom in this role and kind of questions she had for her mom based on this situation or, or just things as she's become an adult that she wanted to understand better. Really beautifully written, a very haunting essay, uh, and it was shared on social media all over the place. But particularly, I mean, some big names like Anne Lamott, Rebecca Solnit, a bunch of others shared it as well. So that kind of gave Michelle Philgate the idea to create an anthology of essays that took a candid look at relationships with mothers. So 15 writers contributed. So there are 15 different essays. Um, Some are very dark difficult, difficult topics. Some are very humorous. Um, and some they're not dealing with difficult relationships. They're dealing with a full understanding of what their mother actually did for them or things that they learned from their mom. Maybe now that they're a parent or that they're married or whatever it is, whatever point they're at in their life that they have a better understanding of what Mm -hmm. she actually represented. Um, there's some amazing contributions. You got Alexander Chi, Dylan Landis, Leslie Jameson, Carmen Maria Machado. Wow. Just a few that are in yeah. there that contribute essays. Um, I actually listened to it on audio, which was a an awesome experience because they had different narrators do each different author. Ooh. So each piece had a different feel yeah. to it and had a different tone. And it was great. The narrators did an amazing job because they really matched the essay to the tone of the, how they, you know, read it and created that auto audio experience. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I don't want people to be put off like by the title, what my mother and I don't talk about. I don't think it's all supposed to be like this big secret. I think that we all know that there are just things in life. It just, you know, it doesn't get brought up. You don't have the time or you don't have the space or the energy to, even if you have a wonderful relationship with your mom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, you don't take the time to discuss it. So I, it was wonderful and you will feel Every feeling there is to feel, I think, while reading this. Yeah, it's an intense experience, mm-hmm. I think, too. But what I, why I picked it for this for Friendsgiving is because I, I really liked the idea that they are kind of choosing to forward this relationship by writing these essays, or they're choosing to explain their understanding by the other people that they've chosen to have in the, in their lives. Hmm. So I like the juxtaposition of other people in your life, giving more depth to your family relationships and giving you better understanding about Mm -hmm. those relationships, better empathy of maybe what your family was going through that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Kind of by being able to see other experiences or experiencing things for themselves. So, wow. Well, crazy fact as you saw it yes. is on my to be read to be read to, to be, be read, read. <laughs> you know to read Kyle. <laughs> she has it as we speak yeah in this facility again a ride or die so moment. ride or die kind of like when we discovered this week that we both got our hair cut on the same day same day without scheduling that or knowing it no yeah. didn't we do that recently i think we did i think the last time we got a haircut it was on the exact same day did we go Get to the out dentist of my head. on the same day, too? Oh, God, no, because I don't go to the dentist. I'm afraid of the dentist. Oh, okay. 
Well, I hadn't for 10 years. <laughs> it was terrifying. It was awful. Yeah. I know. I'm afraid of I, no, It's been 10 years. Like, I'm yeah. such a hypocrite. I make my kids go and then, yeah. But they're fresh. You know, they need to start better patterns. <sighs> we're, we're too old yeah. to, you know, redo He was like, patterns. are you having any issues? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me, Doc, <laughs> what's in there. I'm having an issue and that I don't like you. Yeah. And I don't want to oh, be here. I hated it so yeah. much. I yep. hate everything about it. Everything. And normally I'm a very like congenial person. He was like trying to make jokes and I was having none Mm-mm. of it. I was just like straight ahead. This is not humorous. Yep. No. I don't know what you're up to, but no. no. There was a dentist I went to that was trying to relate to me because he had a real mess of an office. This was in Chicago. Like, I don't really know if he was a legit dentist or what, but like there was... <laughs> This office was just packed full of pop culture stuff, like um, like uh, uh, tall, you know, replicas of actual movie characters. Like there was some. Okay. Uh, oh, he was really into the show Firefly. So we started talking about Joss Whedon, and he's trying to carry on these conversations while he's got things in my mouth, you know. Yeah. But meanwhile, as soon as I left, I was like, I can't ever go there again. Like I just can't. He's trying to. He's trying to bring something I love. With something, something I, I hate. hate. I can't make I can't that connection. do it. No. And also you were concerned that he wasn't legit. Yeah. So maybe go with that instinct. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's bad about the show and all, but maybe, I don't know. There was no, like, Where's entry. your dentist degree? Right, Can right. I see There was that? no, like, receptionist. It was just going into this place. <laughs> and I got his name through my insurance, so I don't know what scam he was running. But, was your insurance you know? legit? <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to pay him in cash? Uh, good question. I don't think so. But this was also when I was <laughs> this was when I was a freelance writer. I had real shady insurance. Oh, okay, so that was probably part that's of it fine. too. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's understandable. But hey, still have all my teeth that you know of. <laughs> you have no idea what happened in that situation. Exactly. Maybe but that's how he gets paid in pop culture memorabilia. Maybe he does. He's like, you didn't bring cash. That's fine. Do you have a signed copy of a nine hundred two one zero poster? <laughs> I will take that for your root canal. <laughs> and I've never even had anything bad like root canals. Yeah, I've had jaw surgeries and that was enough to. Yeah, yeah that yeah, probably yeah. ruined that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He tried to tell me that I had a inside cavity, which oh. apparently you can't see from the surface. But now because they have these fancy like x-ray, like they can see in. That sounds and like I some said, Scientology bullshit. So what? Yeah. What does that even mean? And he's like, well, you know, if it's not bothering you, you could wait or you could take care of it so it doesn't become bigger. And I'm like. Nope. What in what world am I taking care of it? Yeah. Of course, I have to pay you because I don't have dental insurance. So I have to pay you cash or you know whatever. And cardboard cutouts of cardboard cutouts of yeah. Yeah. And secondly, I have to go through the pain of that. Yep. I think no. Nope. 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 No. And this was on a very cold, rainy day, and he convinced me to do this like fluoride treatment, and then but it has to stay on your teeth all day. Have you had that? Yeah. Then he didn't tell me till the end I couldn't drink anything hot, and I was like, I was rewarding myself with a. after this and yeah you took that away what kind of monster does that i had one dentist convince me to do one of those whitening things and it like held my mouth open for like an hour what oh and it was it was brutal and they were trying to like play like tv shows through my headphones i'm like no this is nope no no i'm out nope i'm out i don't care about white teeth at this point no you should have been up front with me that i wasn't going to be able to drink anything cold or hot for the rest of the day yes until i could brush my teeth later and take it off that's that was very frustrating. I don't think any of the dentists we've been to are legit. I don't think so either. No. It's all about He did have... He had two receptionists, actually. Hmm, and, like, okay. two helpers. Those but, are his cult followers. Yeah, that's kind of... Yeah, now I'm thinking about yep. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So we've come across... Or we've come to the conclusion that all dentists are cult leaders. Mm-hmm. That checks out. That does. Yeah. I see yeah. no problem with that. Nope. Decision at all. Hmm. Hey, I'm an avid watcher of American Greed, and you would be surprised how many dentists get caught up in scams. Well, uh, one of my friends, who I will not name for her safety, has informed us that uh, uh, one of the most common legal repercussions for dentists is hookers and whores. Wait, that's the same thing. Drugs and <laughs> I meant mm-hmm. <laughs> cocaine and whores. Like that's their that's their thing. That's what dentists do. That's huh? what dentists do. Yep. Patifically. Patifically. <laughs> cocaine and whores. All right. Well. Or hooker slash whores. Do you have to be a little weird to want to look at people's teeth? I would say yes. Like that that's what you decide to do with your life. Mm-hmm. That I want to stick your hands in other people's mouths all day long. 
seems like a real fetish situation. Yeah, that's what I'm starting yeah. to feel like. Listen, if we've got any listeners that are dentists, just tell us what your deal is. And <laughs> that sounded terrible. They're not going to tell us what their deal is. They are out. They're like, I want nothing to do with this podcast anymore. It's going to throw their. You're terrible. Away. You said I do cocaine. I'm worse, and I clearly have a fetish. None of these things are true. I'm a dentist because I think teeth are important. At this point, they're just Which like they are. But you. well, not that important in my mind. Well, okay, I guess they are, but <laughs> I don't want to concede this point. I mean, you're going to be stuck drinking that weed tea if you that's don't true. have that's teeth. So, well, I mean, if it worked for Beatrice. But to be fair, you are vegan, so you don't need the teeth. Yes. You don't need the tearing aspect. You're right. Mm-hmm. I'm not a carnivore anymore. Mm-mm. Just let them all rot. Let them all fall out. <laughs> I'll just have gums. I don't even think. Did you eat noodles in that situation? <laughs> just gum everything. Just gum. Okay. Right. Oh, it'll be like when I had jaw surgery the first time and my mom blended everything. I'll just have to blend everything. Everything. No more Skittles. No. Oh, damn it. Never mind. I'll go to the dentist. All right. Fair enough. Jesus. Wow. Okay. Well, so anyway. We should do an episode about dentists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Pop culture. Mm-hmm. Pick. I've got a podcast. It's called The Bright Sessions. Mm-hmm. This is an original audio show. Mm-hmm. And the concept is this. There's a psychiatrist, Dr. Bright, and she meets with special patients. It is therapy for the strange and unusual. And each episode, at least for the first season or so, is a tape from that session. So at first you're meeting this cast of characters and you're getting hints that there's something really different about these people. Um, Each of them has some sort of strange ability. They might be confused and scared about it. Um, They've never met anyone like them. And they're kind of thinking, like, maybe I've gone crazy. Mm. And that's why I'm here. I need you to help me through this. So there's one young man who is an empath. And he's in high school where there's all these raging emotions. And he's feeling them all. And it's very difficult. As a result, There is one young woman who is a telepath. And she can hear everyone's thoughts. And there is one woman who finds herself yanked back and forth in time. Without reason or rhyme. Or any... Control over it. (laughs) So they come to Dr. Bright um, expecting to be told they're nuts, honestly. Mm -hmm. But instead, they find that she's very familiar with these kinds of people, these kinds of abilities. And she calls them atypicals. So they come feeling alone and their families of birth may may be trying to help them, but they just don't know how at this point. They don't know what to do for their kids or their family members. So... Over the course of a few episodes, there's this deeper mystery that emerges. One is that Dr. Bright's brother is actually an atypical and he's disappeared. So trying to find him. There's also a secret society. And I just realized this is the third time I've said secret society. I'm all about secret societies for my picks today. You are. Every single one of them. I was like, third time when? And then I, okay. I thought you meant just like within the last couple minutes about Bright Sessions. I was like, you did? No, no, no. Okay. Wow. I'm all conspiracy-minded today. You had a little today. theme going on your Friendsgiving. A sub-theme of our overall theme. You were thinking like, yeah, chosen families were a secret subset of friends that are doing stuff. And they're all, all these chosen families are threatened by the world and these secret societies. Yes. Wow. Anyway. Secret society. There's a secret society that is promising atypicals help, but we're not sure if they're, they're good or bad. Mm. So over time, all of these people meet and they become friends and they lean on each other and they try to work together to figure out, you know, how to live in the world as themselves. So there's four incredible seasons of this, um, each about a dozen episodes or so, and it's finished. So you can binge it all Mm. now. Um, the creator, actually, Lauren Shippen, has been popping up in all sorts of very high-profile podcasts lately, um, really? creating some new stuff, so it's oh. very exciting for her. Um, and she's even turned one of the characters of this podcast into a young adult novel, so good for her. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, this is just such an interesting way of telling stories these days, these original he, audio podcasts. Yeah. I can't get enough of them. I yeah. think it's so cool how they're doing that. And I think I've recommended others, but this one feels like a TV show for the length that it lasted, the depth that it went into, these worlds that it created. It was really remarkable in that way. And this sense of chosen family based on who you actually are, who you want to be. Um, Yeah. So it's a great Friendsgiving pick for that reason. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. 
I like that it's over and we can binge all things. Sorry, I was playing footsie with you oh, there. Oh, no. I was like, is that the cat? Nope. That's Aaron. This ain't me. It's me. The cat has her back turned to us. Yeah, the cat. She's done this all week to me. Yeah. What have you done? I don't know. Oh. She won't tell me. Oh. Oh, shit. Oh. She wants to tell you. <laughs> she roused up. Yeah, she, she was going to be like, oh, you're talking about me? I'll go get my weed tea and we'll talk. <laughs> I wonder if I could turn her into a human woman like they did with um, Catherine Moreau. She'd be a bitch. I, yeah, I don't know if you want to live I with that. that. Yeah, no. it's no. nice that you can pick her up right now. It is nice. You're right. Move her around where you need exactly. her to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I picked a movie for the pop culture pick. Oh. And this is a movie Amy and I saw together. It's called The Kitchen. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It came out in August. You can yes. rent it now. It stars Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, and Elizabeth Moss. And it's the story of the Irish mafia in Hell's Kitchen in the 1970s, except this time there's some females at the realm. Yeah, there are. So Kathy Ruby and Claire's husbands all get locked up after the FBI is tipped off of some of their dealings. And the Irish mafia is then taken over by a leader who doesn't really find it necessary to help the women while their husbands are away, even though their husband's going to jail protected other people. And that's supposed to be kind of the code. Um, right away, Melissa McCarthy's character realizes this isn't going to work. This isn't going to be enough. So they decide, well, we'll just do it then. And they begin their takeover and success as leaders of Hell's Kitchen in the Oof. 1970s. Mm -hmm. And I picked this for Chosen Families because these three women really have their families torn apart. And they choose to put it back together in a very specific way that is still looking out for their family members, but is also giving them some empowerment and a new way forward. Mm -hmm. And I love that idea. I loved that the three women kind of bonded together to, you know, take down a whole group of men in a mafia mm -hmm. in in various different other mafias as well. Mm -hmm. It's delightful. It sure is. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well done. Yeah. I enjoyed every second. There's a wonderful scene where... Domhnall Gleeson teaches them how to dismember a body. Yes. And uh, it was very instructive. It was very instructive. I don't mm -hmm. know when I'll use it, but nope. I tucked it away. I tucked it away Wait. as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, though. Really, it was. It was. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, both, I thought, I mean, there was some humor in it, but there it was just a, a really interesting premise, and it was great the way that they did it, that they wrote the females in, and I, I enjoyed every second. Yeah, and then there's points at which they have to choose between the family that they're related to or their yes, you know, blood, whatever, versus this new family, mm -hmm. and they're kind of tough decisions, mm -hmm. some tough things happening. And I felt comfortable picking it because I know Amy enjoyed it because I checked in multiple times during the movie, you and did. she was enjoying yep, herself. Yep, So and. Uh, each time I was giving you the reaction you wanted. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. Good. Oh yeah. You 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 do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Versus, you were telling me that you went to a movie with Mike. Yeah. This weekend, he does not take kindly to he's your. He's less tolerant uh -huh. of my movie going uh -huh. behavior. In that, I think he's just so used to it that he'll kind of look at me and give this real tight lip smile, like, "Yeah, I'm here. I see mm -hmm. it. Yep. Settle down. <laughs> okay. Settle down. We'll talk about it in the car afterwards. <laughs> Knock it off." <laughs> oh mike mm -hmm. it's fair yeah i mean i can't blame him really no he gets it at home too i mean everything we watch <laughs> it's not it's not just movies so i'm sure it's really tiring <laughs> i didn't think about that that you guys are sitting at home and it's mm -hmm. happening too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all the time also then though i'm usually in charge of the remote so it's worse because i can hit pause oh. and then look at him and then he gets really like just let it play <laughs> okay i will tell you if i hate it like we can debrief later. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, again, fair. I, yeah, yeah. It is. I'm it is. I just, it's, it comes from a good place. It comes from a wonderful place. It's weird behavior. You I just want that. everyone to enjoy things. Yes. As much as you do. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. That's what a chosen family member does. Exactly. Oh, man. I nailed that. That was. Nailed it. Better transition has never been written. <laughs> because we don't write our transitions. Nope, That's sure not. I, that should be obvious. If not, you're giving us way too much credit. <laughs> so guess what? We will be back next Wednesday. What? Yeah. But in the meantime, you can head to our website, bradsandbooks.com. You can check out all the recommendations we made in this episode. Also, there is some bonus material there. Oof. So much great stuff. And we have some good stuff coming. Some big stuff coming. I mean, big. Big. Specific, what was the word? Specifically, that's it. Big. Specifically, big. Specifically, book related, big. 
So just saying. Not just random big. No. Book related. Book related big. Yeah. So stay tuned. Oh. And because we know you love this episode. Obviously. We know you're going to love this bonus stuff. Mm-hmm. We would love it if you would share that love. Give us a review. <sighs> yes. If you are listening on an Apple player, super easy. Hit a star. Write a few words about us. Boom. You're done. Other players, it's a little more difficult. So feel free and share your love via email, social media. You can find it all at our website. I think maybe tomorrow, take over your Thanksgiving feast like a dentist and insist <laughs> everyone download it. <laughs> Force it. Force take it. over like a dentist. Yeah, now they've become like, you know, tyrants in my yeah, head. Like, so, uh, yeah. yeah, Everybody get their phones out. We're downloading this. <laughs> Nobody gets any pie until this is done. <laughs> and then they demand their special prayer because they're the cult leader. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. you, prayer is optional in my version, <laughs> not so much in Amy's. But either way, what we're saying is get everybody on board. Yeah. And you know what? You can find us at our website. You can also find us at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're everywhere. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) Because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.